2: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 61 of the Still City Insider Podcast. It is a special episode. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Jim Wexel, but today we have two esteemed guests, Shane Hallam and Roy Countryman joining us here on the show. Gentlemen, how are you on this fine Tuesday?
3: Doing good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, always excited to talk to you guys, so.
0: Yeah, glad glad to be brought aboard. Glad to be on here with you guys talking some more drafts, just like Shane said.
1: I feel like a proud papa here with you guys, my my youngsters. I know Shane's Shane's, uh, not in the 20-year-old demographic. I think you're like 30 or 32, right?
3: Yeah, uh, 36. You know, I'll take 32, though. I'm 32, Jim. There you go. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm the old man.
1: Oh, geez. Well, Jeremy, I'm surprised you didn't call this the Jeremy Ritz episode because remember last week, it, number 61?
2: That was my number, but I do have some names for you, Jim, so obviously well, we have – oh, you got one, okay.
1: I, I Go ahead. Give me one of your names because I got. I did a little research this time.
2: All right. Well, I'm not going to do Mason Cole because that's too pr- predictable, but I'm going back to early 2000s, a little Tom Myslinski.
1: little Tom Myslinski. I remember Tom Myslinski, fine reserve uh, offensive lineman. And uh, there's the Dean Calaguire, because he was a local high school kid. He went to Pitt too, played for some great Pitt teams. And then there's Tyrone McGriff, good uh, good guard from the uh, early '80s. But uh, and there's also Marv Matuzak. But let's go to Ted Karras, '58, 1958, '59. Speaking of the proud papa episode, Ted Karras was a Steeler. And if you've you've heard of the Karras family, right? Ted Karras, I don't know if he started for the Steelers. I don't think he did. It was a good defense of 58-59, but uh, he went to the Bears, played uh, um, guard, started a guard for the Bears on the 1963 championship team that the Steelers had a good team in 63. His son, Ted Karras Jr., was a replacement player for the Redskins in 87 when they won a ring. I don't know if he won a ring, but he was part of that. And then his grandson, Ted Karras III., uh, won two rings with the Patriots. He's playing with the Bengals now. He played in the Super Bowl. So, all those K- Ted is won rings. The only karis who didn't win a ring is Ted Karras's brother, Alex Karras, Hall of Famer, nine time Pro Bowler. And they, <laughs> okay, I'm not done with my research. <laughs> hang on, hang with me. We'll be talking draft soon enough. <laughs> One more second, man. So, uh, Ted Karras, you know, he played at, uh, oh, God, IU. Uh, Ted Karras, uh, the second played at, uh, um, uh, anyway, all these mid Northwestern Ted Karras, the third played for Illinois and, uh, uh, Alex Karras played for Iowa and, uh, another brother, Lou Karras who played for the Redskins played at Purdue. Well, apparently they all hated Notre Dame. You know, that's <laughs> all the Midwest. And, uh, when Alex Karras, who, who didn't win a ring, but he did beat Notre Dame 48 to eight, 1956, he called it his biggest win. And he was quoted in the local papers as saying that Karras's have always had. Uh, a rivalry with Notre Dame. So there you go. There's your Karis, uh, Ted Karis episode, the Proud uh, wow. Papa edition.
2: Wow, that was. Oh. <laughs> we, we were talking about deep cuts before we got in here. That is a deep cut, and this is the Still City Insider for a reason because <laughs> of Jim's insight and the research. That was fantastic. And oh, I
1: apologize. <laughs> no, that was
2: that was good stuff. You know,
1: I start going down uh, rabbit holes and I can't stop.
2: <laughs> well that's I'm why I, here, right? I I keep you keep you on course.
1: Oh, one more thing. Alex Karras was drafted in 58 by the Lions, right? He became the drinking buddy wingman of one Bobby Lane. All and right. you know, Alex Karras, he, he started in blazing saddles, punched a horse was he was a renowned drinker and Bobby Lane really I I for talent picked him up right away Well, the Lions. That's when the Lions traded him and thus began the great Lions curse. You know, the Bobby Lane curse when he traded tra- tra- him to the Steelers. And uh, Alex Karras never did win a ring, but he did go on to drink more beer.
2: <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with drinking beer. God.
1: All right. I have no <laughs> more Karras <laughs> information <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's, let's jump into it. We are going to talk all things draft here today with Shane and Roy. But before we do that, just wrapping up a couple moves made by the Steelers last week that we didn't talk about because it didn't happen last week. Um, when we recorded the show, but Keanu Neal safety was signed by the Steelers. And, and Jim, you talked a little bit about how he was named after Keanu Reeves of the the matrix, which I thought was a bit interesting. And then Brayden Fioco. I'm probably butchering that last name pronunciation, nose tackle sign, um, from the chargers. Any thoughts on those two signings,
1: gentlemen? Well, other than Keanu uh, Neal hated the movie, the matrix. I asked him that at his combine. We had a one-on-one. Anyway, Roy, you had him as a potential stealer uh, pickup. Tell me what you like about him.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a thumper. He's the guy on the back end that's going to be coming down run support. Um, he's really better facing off with tight ends in that mid to short soft zone. Um, not really the guy you want in center field all that much, but uh he's gonna be a nice enforcer, you know, with Edmonds leaving. He's going to be that nice dime, that third safety look will be able to still be enacted here with KZ and Fitzpatrick now still being able to switch out over the top. Um, I really like him coming in and, and not having to have another linebacker in that package. He's going to be nice in that soft zone underneath. Um, really good tackler. The only thing that's really been the bugaboo is the injury bug throughout his career because he likes throwing his body around. So I really like the Neal signing and the Fajoco. I'm really a big fan of. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, I know Baldinger out on Twitter has done a nice breakdown of him, but there's a lot of quality tape of him playing nose tackle last year for the Chargers. That was surprising that they non-tendered him as a restricted free agent. And I think that's a, a really nice, nice pickup as a, you know, a rotational defensive lineman on early rundowns.
1: I suppose they're still going to need a defensive lineman. Uh, let's go to Shane. Wouldn't you, Shane? Or, yeah, I mean, or do you I, think this guy answers this question?
3: No, this I, problem? I, I don't think I don't think anything here answers any draft question. You know, <laughs> yeah. at this point, right? Like it, it's it's it, it, the defensive lineman, especially that you know nose tackle versatile zero tech that they can move around. I think that's going to be high on the priority list for for day two, perhaps. Yeah.
2: And perhaps the Steelers are not done yet in free agency. Uh, we did hear last week that Bud Dupree did visit with the Steelers, but no signing has occurred there yet. And I know we were talking before we got on air here. Um, and, and Roy, you were saying that potentially that it's it's due to his his health not working out. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, why maybe Dupree hasn't signed yet?
0: Yeah, he's just been injured the last few years. And I'm wondering if that's not the holdup, um, you know, the way it's It looks like him and Watt had a great relationship. I know even prior to them leaving, it seemed like he had a good relationship with the team. Um, If he's able to come in and be the third established Ed Rutcher, he's not going to upset Highsmith on the hierarchy here, especially with him wanting to get paid here soon. So for me, that just to me shows like maybe it's a, we'll wait and see after the draft, see if your health improves and pass a physical.
1: Let me uh, interject here for a minute. Um, speaking of Alex Karras going to Iowa, Mike Tomlin went to Iowa. Now, come on, you don't go to Iowa unless you got something out there you like, and you don't go to Iowa state. Now yeah. I, I think you can go to Iowa, take a look at Campbell, uh, take a look at, uh, the pass rusher they have. But man, when you sneak away to Iowa state, there's somebody there. uh, uh Roy, you hit a quick hitter on what you suspect. And Shane, I want to hear your opinion on that too. Speaking go ahead, of outside Shane,
0: linebackers. yeah, ahead, Shane. I'll let you go first.
3: No, well, I, I think Will McDonald, the pass rusher, edge rusher, you know, outside linebackers, obviously someone that Steelers have met with intensely. He's on that kind of first round bubble. So, you know, you're hoping maybe he can fall to 32 if they do want to add to that pass rush room. I think that's going to be the decision. Um, I th- I think McDonald's, uh, it, he's a little smaller than I would anticipate for the defense, but you know that electric first step and athleticism that he brings right off the snap, I think is something you can rotate in. The Steelers would like to develop a little bit, um, and I I also think that uh, MJ Anderson, their defensive lineman, that could be you know a late round pick. Versatile five tech, uh, kick inside three tech on, on some downs. I think he's a name to look for, maybe in that sixth to seventh round mix if he makes it there.
1: Well, yeah, that, that that's my thing. I, I, you don't go to Iowa State unless there's something you really like out there, and I, I I understand what you're saying about the late round five tech. He's probably a nice fit, but I don't think they went to see him. Well, right. It, Really, I mean, it makes me wonder, is there something to love about Will McDonald? I, I don't know enough about him. I'm asking you experts.
0: Mick, McDonald has ridiculous bend. Um, he, he's cornering around tackles. He has advanced knowledge of getting to the quarterback, and not only that, separating it from the ball. Um, he is very lean. He needs uh, some bulk build on build onto him. Uh, the other thing that's kind of a red flag, he's a little bit of an older prospect. He is 24, but it's not a big deal now with COVID, but it's just something you got to take into effect. Uh, but I like his pass rushing repertoire. Um, he does have a lot of you know counter moves. He's not just a one trick pony, but he's going to have to hit the weight room, which for our case it, with the Steelers isn't always a bad thing. You might be able to snag him at 32. And be able to. We just can't keep having Watt and Highsmith playing 90-plus percentage of the snaps and edge rushers and expect them to be able to make the playoffs and have that same type of impact. So if you can get a third edge rusher, it comes in and maybe plays 20% and still is able to not have that big of a drop-off with your edge rushing ability. I really think that might be a place that they can invest in. I really like McDonald's skill set, like I said, but he's just really lean. Uh, he does have advanced knowledge, though, on how to attack tackles.
3: Yeah, long too. I mean, his arms are almost 35 inches. I think that's a key wow. for the Steelers, too. Uh, 34 and 7 eighths. I think they came in out at the combine. So I think that's something, if that was lower, that they wouldn't have looked at him.
1: Yeah. So, okay. They're not going to sign Dupree and draft this guy at 32. Right. But it's a hedge. But man, I just, I don't know that Tomlin's ever made his way to Ames. Have, you, have any of you guys made your way to Ames? Nope. Ames, that's <laughs> back in the day.
0: Nope. Although I, it might be Jim, too, that they went to see uh, Anthony Johnson, who's more of a corner safety hybrid, too. It's the mid to late rounds. He's okay. a good tight end racer kind of hybrid player. So that's another guy with Iowa State that's.
1: Okay, that's, mid, mid to late rounds, though.
0: Yeah. and The other guy could be that Hutchinson, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, the receiver. Um, he's a high-quality pass catcher as well that, that might be eyeing in the second round. Um you know, to kind of come back here. It's a good size. He's well rounded in his route running abilities. Uh, can play above the rim, and he can play also inside and out. So that might be a guy too if you're looking for an early round selection from Ames, uh, Xavier Hutchinson.
1: Okay. Well, just remember this conversation when they do draft out of Iowa State because <laughs> that is a weird yeah. trip. That's a weird <laughs> trip to talk about.
0: Yeah.
2: That is a weird trip indeed, and we're already launching here into the draft conversation. So many great nuggets that have been shared uh, already, Uh, and just kind of talking about the the draft here, Shane Roy, we look at the Steelers' pre-draft visit so far, 19 of them done out of the 30 that they have that they were allotted. You have six offensive linemen that have come in, six cornerbacks, three wide receivers, two defensive linemen, two safeties, one edge um, not that we can glean anything specific from that in terms of which direction that they'll go early on, but let's talk about the early part of this draft. We know that the majority of their picks are in the first, second, and third round, which is uh, a great thing. They don't have a, um, a fifth and a sixth round selection this year, but what do you
3: guys see in their pick 17? I think a lot is going to depend on who's there. It, it seems to me like they're setting up a number of contingencies, right? You know, I think corner is going to be addressed there in the first or second round. You know, we all we all know like Joey Porter out of Penn State and Deontay Banks out of Maryland probably are the two first round possibilities that fit, check the boxes for that, you know, physical upfront corner that the Steelers seem to be looking at because even even the round two corners – Julius Brantz, Kansas State, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, Miami, Keeley, Ringo, Georgia, all are this kind of big, long, physical jam press corners that can do that. So I think that's a possibility if if that's there. And then I think the offensive tackle position an offensive line position in general um, becomes there. I know, I know Jim's a fan of Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, but I think definitely is a possibility. Um, but they have looked at some of the interior linemen, like John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, um who you know could be in that first round fringe range so uh, i i think it's about exploring all these different possibilities and then seeing who's there at 17 uh ultimately among these positions that are that handful need
0: yeah i 100 agree with shane i think corners the the position they're eyeballing for 17 um they'd be ecstatic i think if one of the top tackles do fall um Paris Johnson, if he falls anywhere in range there, I think they run to the podium and grab him. Darnell Wright, I'm a huge fan of, uh, but I'm still not convinced he might not be gone before we're on the clock as well, um, just the way his stock has risen. Um, but I think Shane said something kind of interesting here. I think Porter Jr. and uh, Deontay Banks are kind of the guys they're eyeballing at 17. But with the other guys they brought in, with like the Forbes and the uh, Stevenson and even Julius Brents, who I'm a really big fan of Julius Brents, Maybe we see him drop back to the early 20s, you know, in a completely different hallmark here, the way Con may be doing business as GM. Um, that maybe we go back and pick up another selection on in that fifth, sixth round that we don't have on day three, um, and still get a corner that they really like, which Emmanuel Forbes, if you're looking for a ball hawk in our defense, the way our corners have been playing the last few years and the way they they target turnovers, Emmanuel Forbes is one of the best guys. He's just really lean. So, but he's really? not afraid of throwing his bo- he's not afraid of throwing his <laughs> body around.
1: Lean is a nice way to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really lean. He, well, we
0: need to get that kid a happy meal, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so one hundred sixty-six pounds. But he did, you know, these guys they get down so low for the combine and then they run under forty, right? But they don't bench, right? Then they add their four or five pounds for the pro day and then they right. bench,
0: yeah which yeah. it's the last time they ever run the 40s. So and the you're, last time they yeah. – If he's running 40 yards, we're all in trouble. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, I completely agree, Jim. But a lot of this stuff when it comes to the underwear Olympics, you kind of throw it out. I mean, I look at him playing in the SEC against some of the top receivers. He went toe-to-toe, and he wasn't afraid to throw his body around and run defense. I mean, yeah, in the NFL, it's, it's going to be a durability issue against bigger, stronger, faster guys. But you know, between him and Ringo, I'm a lot more comfortable taking Forbes and Ringo. Uh,
1: That's a, as, I like that. I yeah. like that. And you know, I I love the Steelers historically. No matter who's been calling the shots, these these like Art Art Rooney uh, Jr. called them bumblebees. Like Mike Webster was 218 coming out, 218 center. They're bumblebees. You know, a, a bumblebee um, should not be able to fly. Massive body, little wings. But somehow they do. So you know, James Harrison is not supposed to bull rush six, six, 320 pounders, but so they don't care about size. Freaky, unique size hasn't scared them. And one hundred sixty six pounds. This Forbes, you, you guys, I think I think Shane, you like him too, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean the uh, the experts like him, and and I haven't watched too much of them, but uh, I, I, I'm. I'd have no problem. If they like him, I'm fine with 166.
3: Yeah. And he, they need a nickelback. I mean, they need a nickelback, and he's yeah. the one that fits that. And, I mean, he has, what, six pick sixes in his college career? I yeah. Mean, that's that's a playmaker.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah, so we talked cor- cornerback. We talked a little bit about tackle. Let's look at three other positions on the defensive side of the ball where the Steelers could make a move second, third, or fourth round inside backer, safety, defensive lineman. Any prospects that really jump out to Shane Roy that, that are on your radar that you think the Steelers are looking closely at?
3: I, I do think that defensive lineman is going to be addressed, right? I mean, that that knows tackle position and, and they're looking at versatile players that fit that. You know, I, I think the the reports of the love for Michigan defensive lineman, Massey Smith is definitely active. I, I even wouldn't be shocked if they take him at seventeen. I think he's gotten that late first pub in the past. Um, but but they brought in two guys on day two that I think are also good fits: Trevon Dexter from Florida who has kind of that size, length, athleticism, you know, it, he has a little bit of the, the the smaller kind of Javon Hargrave mold, where he can get that pressure up the middle, and it did that consistently in the SEC, and, and then Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, who's really killed the offseason, wasn't getting much publicity, had a great senior bull week, uh, but he's kind of a stout two-gapper in that Wisconsin system, that where they were built on stopping the run and he was the central cog to do it. He had to take up those two gaps and did it consistently. So I think if you're a Steelers fan that wants them to start stopping the run better, this is going to be a good draft, especially day two on Friday.
1: Yeah, I'll throw uh, let, let me, let me uh, jump down. in Roy. And then uh, I'll go back to you. Shane said some things I have, I have I uh, limited knowledge compared to you two guys on this, but uh, uh, Dexter, uh, you know, I, I watched these guys. I watched Mozzie Smith. I just wanted to fall asleep. I know he's taking on double teams, and I know he's a freak from Feldman. And he does things all of a sudden that you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, play next to Cam Hayward, somebody on our message board. We've got a lot of great uh, draft takes on the message boards. Uh, And somebody made a point. You put him next to Cam Hayward with all that muscle and all that size and speed, and he's going to turn him into a player. Okay. I'm into Mozzie Smith now. And then I watched Benton play against Ohio State. And I wanted to draft the Ohio state center. I thought he, I couldn't take more than a quarter of it. He got pushed all around. And then somebody made a case on the message board that he never gave up. And he he kept playing hard the entire game and the uh, entire Ohio state offensive line, which is made up of probably possibly five, you know, first or second round picks, uh, uh, including the freshman guard, um, that their focus was Benton. Okay, and and then Dexter. I watched Dexter. I'm like, I don't like this guy at all. And then I thought maybe it's his number. I'm expecting more suddenness out of a number nine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I watch a number nine. I want more <laughs> suddenness. So, and then he would make a play, and you'd be like, "Well, wow, okay." So I'm going to let you guys handle these D linemen because I really, I know they need them. That's the the position of need and corner. I think a huge position in need and they've really got to address the D line, but man, oh man, I, I'm just not a fan of this crop. Uh, and um, who's the other defensive lineman? Uh, oh, the guy from Clemson. He Brecy. had a sluggish year, but he's got some suddenness to him. There's some suddenness that I like. What, what's his name? Breesy.
0: Breesy. Yeah.
1: Okay. Roy to kind of digest all of that <laughs> and give me your take on the no, D line.
0: You're good. Breesy's a guy that, it's he's very intriguing because if you went back two years ago and watched his tape, he's a completely different ball player than he is this year. He had a lot of injuries that kind of flared up throughout his career. And then he was dealing with the death of his sister this past year due to cancer. So, I mean, he had a lot of things going off the field that we can see. I mean, we just dealt with Stefan to it that ultimately led to him retiring. So, you know, how do that
1: again, Roy. I'm sorry to tramp on what you're saying, but do you really want to, I I feel Uh, bad for him. He's a great player, but do you want to deal with that again?
0: I wouldn't pick him in the first round. That's where I'm at with it. For a guy, for me, if I'm looking at a defensive lineman, if I'm going early, second, third round, I'm going Zach Pickens from South Carolina. I like big, him. Big wide body. He can play five tech. He can slide down to that shade one tech inside. And that's really where we're at with the Steelers' defensive line now. We don't have the three down linemen as per se as we play a lot anymore. It's a lot more the nickel and dime defenses. I would rather have a guy that has some pass rushing ability, can get inside, you know, from a three technique to a one, and then on base downs can slide outside or play nose if you need him. Um, but he has the body type; he needs to add a little bit more bulk. But he's got the long arms, they're over thirty-four inches, big hands, which is another big thing when I look for scouting is you got to have big hands as a defensive lineman, especially against the M.O. lineman, be able to steer and clear him out of the way. They're over. It's almost 10 and a half inches, I think there. So Zach Pickens is a guy, I think maybe that third round range, maybe fourth, if you can get him in the fourth, that's a that's a steal every day of the week. But, so you're
1: saying either draft another Pickens or draft another Keanu?
0: Yeah, why not?
1: Let's see. <laughs> if
2: it
0: works once, why why fix it, right?
2: All right, so we talked defensive linemen. Let's back up one layer on that defense. Let's look at inside backer. We know they made two signings, Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts there, the interior uh, of that defense. Any inside backers that this team could could possibly be targeting second or third round uh jim i already know you mentioned the the gentleman out of iowa uh but shane and roy your your take on the inside backers in this year's draft
0: let me jump in here first because i got a guy i absolutely love diane henley from washington state the former wide receiver it's plays linebacker he can do everything you want um got great range got great um length he can play on passing downs he can rush the passer he's everything you want and if we can get him at pick 49 it's it's you know house money let's make it happen i think he's an absolute all-star especially if we get a couple linemen up front playing well that guy i think he'd make we, an immediate impact before
1: we go to shane let me jump in on henley here uh i i saw jordan reed had him uh is big on him and he's a second third rounder maybe yeah um, you know, Mark Bruner's up in Washington scouting, scouting. He he works his butt off every year. I ask him about the Washington tight ends, and you guys all you know you know the Washington tight ends that have they've turned out. And he would always tell me, "This is the year. This is the guy I like." <laughs> and they ne- they never listen to him. They never listen to him. So I'm hoping that Bruner's all over Henley up there, and, and why? I know it's a Washington State player, but still, uh, they got him up there for a reason. It's time to take 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 him to uh, uh, take him for his word. Yep. Yeah, I, look, I think it's a great inside linebacker class. I think there's a
3: lot of talent that can fit. Um, I, I like Henley a lot too. I mean, I, I have some fear that, that commonly mocked, and I've done it too of Trenton Simpson, the Clemson inside linebacker, going to them. I, I think instinctually he needs a lot of work, but he is that type of you know smaller, athletic just like Tomlin just wants to plug in that defense and and get that upside. And I'm like, I I don't know if Simpson's there yet, but you're probably gonna have to take him at 32, maybe falls the other second round pick. Um, And then the other player that I've recently mocked to them is DeMarvian Overshawn, the linebacker out of Texas they interviewed at the Combine. Um, Once again, on that kind of smaller athletic side, I think he has more production instincts, uh, played kind of a different role this year in that Texas defense. So he's a little more downhill, but still has some of the coverage ability. Uh, I just think there's a wealth of talent at the position, but you got to watch what you pick because I think there's a different flavor for every type of defense in there.
1: Uh, our guy Anthony Jazkulski, covered uh, the Senior Bowl, and that was the first linebacker he featured was Overshawn. That's his last name, Overshawn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, a running hit guy, right? Uh, in the Shazier mold, the Lawrence Timmons mold, the Devin Bush mold, the Mike Tomlin. Will you stop tracking these running hit guys? Somebody <laughs> with instincts. Yeah, I love the kid from Cincinnati. I, I, what do you think of pace, you Roy?
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love Pace. Uh, he'd have to be in the fourth to fifth round area for me. I'm not taking him early, but He's man, small. if you want if you want to see a guy hit somebody like Vince Williams, yeah, you can bring him on my team inside the numbers and on third downs if I want to some pass rush from inside the uh, you know, guards right there, bring him. He's he's a, a beast at taking on blocks as well uh, in run defense. And he just has a knack for making plays on the ball. So you can't teach that stuff. Yeah, he might not have the measurables, but you can't measure the heart either. And a lot of them times you just got to – when I scout, I, sometimes you'll just have to put a little heart emblem beside certain guys and, and target them on that day three. And he's definitely one of the ones that was first, first with that symbol on this year.
1: Well, it's funny. We were talking last week about uh, uh, the front office. Really, Tomlin's in charge, right? It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. The coach is yeah. in charge. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, the front office can do some things, like really lowball Terrell Edmonds, <laughs> because the coach seems to keep putting him out there. Let's make the coach figure something else out. <laughs> and and the same thing, I, I think, with uh, the inside linebackers. When he went and took uh, Trenton Simpson out to dinner, I think the front office said, let's get two or three inside linebackers in free agency. Put an (laughs) end to that.
2: (laughs) 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 So we covered defensive line. We covered the inside backers. Let's take a look at the safety position with Terrell Edmonds departing. Yes, they did resign Demonte Casey. They brought in Keanu Neal, but they're still looking for someone at that position. Talk about the safeties in this year's class and what you're seeing on the tape.
3: I think it's an interesting class. I don't think it's a great group. Uh, you know, this isn't a good year to need a starting safety to to come out of this. I know that they've brought in Brian Branch, the kind of safety nickel out of Alabama, um, who you know had an okay combine, really picked it up at his pro day, and and had you know got the results that he needed. Um, I, He's a great coverage safety, kind of nickel guy that you can plug in there. Um, If he's there at 32, I think it gets interesting, even if you've already taken a corner, perhaps. You know, but I, I past that, I think it's tough. I think you're looking at a reserve rotational player that there's the guys they're signing. I mean, Daniel Scott from uh, Cal, they're bringing in for a visit, very a- athletic, bigger 208, you know, run downhill tackle kind of guy um, who flashed some coverage ability, but still raw in some of the the footwork and technique for that. I, I just think it's going to be a tough safety group. And, and I, I wonder if these signings, they're looking at this group and say, we, we got to bring in some talent here because there's not going to be anyone can come in and help us immediately
1: well that that's good that makes sense because yeah if you can move peterson around there get, get a couple corners instead of safety in a corner get a couple corners yeah, do you think exactly, Shane? exactly. yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Do, do that to get two corners and bypass safety i think that's the ideal spot and it, <laughs> if
1: you're
0: going to take a safety like we already kind of discussed you're going to have to have versatility uh, but there is one safety jim knows it i've already mentioned him multiple times. sydney brown's my guy um, every time I hear him talk, every time I watch him on tape, I, I, you know, I put out the lofty comparison of Paul Amalu, yeah. but the guy just makes plays. Uh, the last guy I scouted was like, that was Mike Hilton at Ole Miss. And no matter the size, no matter who they were going up against, they always made a play. So if I'm betting on traits and the DNA, his brother, you know, his twin brother plays at Illinois as well. He's a running back in this class. I'm taking Sidney Brown. I'd like to see him back there. I'm sure he'd be a special teams demon for the first year or two. um, And I'm sure he'd probably be able to get in that sub package um, if Keanu Neal's getting hurt. So I'd love to see him, whether it's in the slot, in the box, you know, that short zone area. He's also an aggressive blitzer. Love to have Sidney Brown on our team.
1: I do know the Steelers like him. I knew I do know that for a fact. And you can't ignore the Polamalu comparisons. I mean, he's not four three. No, he's not first round. No, and he doesn't he doesn't pray between plays. Maybe quietly.
0: He's not <laughs> right, right. Not as over, not over the top as what but It's just like the impact he was. It able to all
1: worked for Troy, but this, right. this this kid, and you know, Troy was a running back. Right. This 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 guy, Sidney Brown's twin brother, is a running back. So I mean, and they did move mother. Gave them up. Uh, a yep. Destitute mother. Same thing with Troy. Troy. Troy's mother took him to Oregon to live with brother. So uh, yeah, very interesting stuff. Good stuff, guys. I don't know, Jeremy. Where do you want to go? Do we want to hit quarterback a little bit, or do you uh, you want to wrap her up? Yeah,
2: let's. Uh, well, I wanted to bring it over to the offensive side of the ball. We kind of covered the the entire defense. Um, we we did talk a little bit of tackle at pick seventeen, but let's take take a quick look at wide receiver. Um, You know, there have there has been some discussion about whether or not the Steelers will draft a wide receiver. And then also, too, this is a very deep uh, draft for tight ends. Your thoughts on the prospects at these two positions? Do they add another tight end being that it it is so deep? What are your thoughts on the offensive side of the football?
3: I'm working on my tight end piece for the site. And, you know, I I think it's interesting. There's all these tight ends, like, oh man, this would be great if the Steelers would draft this. But then it's like, (laughs) no, it's not really worth it. You know, it's a a great tight end crop. It's just not worth it when you have Pat Fryermuth there. I think it's more likely. That they take a receiver, they're looking at in that third round range. Uh, everyone they brought in, I think, is there. Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. Um, we, we heard say they scheduled Jaden Reed from Michigan State, who, who's could be really good. Yeah, these are good slot receivers, and that, that's ideally what they're looking for. Um, so I think that's much more likely than tight end.
0: Yeah, if you're looking at two guys uh, that I'm working on the receiver piece, like Shane's talking about the tight ends, two of the guys that I'm really keying in on, Hank Dell. This guy. He's very thin, but every time I see him running routes, he's blowing people away like Deontay Johnson. There, He's inside, you know, two steps off the line of scrimmage. It's hard to get a handle on him. Um, He's a little bit better at the catch point maybe than Deontay. He can play inside and out. He's probably going to play inside more due to that slight build. Um, But a guy that's in that fourth-round range, Parker Washington from uh, Penn State. This guy, he's only about 5'10". 180, but he hits like a Mack truck for a receiver, even bl- even uh, blocking. And he's he can jump out of the gym. He's not afraid of going up to the catch point, even whenever he's draped around with coverage. Really, really strong hands. Um, I think he'd be a nice addition there at that slot position, especially since we have the top of the depth chart pretty well secure. You're not going to get any, an early round pick on him. So Parker Washington at Penn State and Tankdale from Houston. Awesome, great, great stuff, guys. Anything else? Any other
2: prospects? I know we we covered a ton so far, but we could sit here and talk draft all day. But any other prospects, players, you guys want to hit on, and we'll try to get get you guys back here uh, before we get to the draft. But anybody else you want to hit on real quickly?
1: I like the centers, but they signed about twelve centers <laughs> in, in free agency. I, I mean, the John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota and. And the, the guy from Wisconsin, the guy from Michigan, the guy from uh no wonder none of these big 10 nose tackles got any movement. Uh, the Ohio State Center is good. Uh, but again, it's not really a need, even though it's a crying need if you want to continue the great legacy here. But anyway, uh that that's all I have to add. And Dewan Jones, I think, uh, would make a nice um pick 49. That would that would satisfy my tackle itch. A, a, they need a third tackle, so I don't know. You, your guys' opinions on those? Uh...
3: I I think the center group is great, but like you said, it just seems like they're not going in that direction, despite bringing a ton of interior linemen in. So, it, you know, yeah. it, but it, it's a good group. Uh, yeah, I love I love Dewan Jones. I, I think that right tackle spot is interesting to get a swing guy, and you know, why not swing for the guy that's got uh, what what the eighth biggest hands in NFL history? Just yeah. just bring him in and pop him in there.
0: There's two linemen. Uh, If you're looking for a guy that I'd like to see for depth, since we're talking about centers, guards, John Gaines from UCLA. He played up and down all five positions while he was at UCLA. I think his best position is probably at center. Um, But as a sixth lineman, he'd get a hat. He's high quality across the board at at passing and run blocking out there. As far as tackles, Jim, I love Carter Warren from Pitt. Um, He's really not getting a lot of pub being he was out this year. Uh, He only played up, I think it was three games, but he was a sturdy pass protector for three years at Pitt and a lot of good reps protecting the blind side for Kenny Pickett. He can also play right tackle. He has some snaps there over his career. So that'd be a guy, maybe the third, fourth round come in.
1: The guy I I just thought of another guy that really impresses me every time I watch him in a Rodney Hudson kind of way is Steve Avella from uh, TCU. That's another guy that handled uh, Mozzie Smith.
0: Yeah. And he can play guard or center. So that's, I think, it, I think if you're going to get an interior guy, I think you're going to get a guy that's going to play two positions or it's maybe best at center, but has that versatility, you know, year one that he can play both.
3: Yeah. It's just are you going to use a second round pick on it? That, that's oh, exactly because that's what all these guys are probably going to cost you. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, great stuff, Shane and Roy and Jim. You know, I learned something new about you every week. That now I know you have a tackle itch. So I, I didn't know that. for this year, That's good to well, know.
1: I've come off Darnell Wright. I I mean, I was a Darnell Wright at 17, you know, live free or die. But, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm in the cornerback group now. And Deontay Banks, I, I could even see that at pick 17. The, the, the film of him pushing the Ohio State receiver back 10 yards behind the line yeah. of scrimmage, it's just too much. The thing is, he and Porter, same thing, only one career pick. You kind of and and I think Porter uh, has only one pick, um, but I think he has his dad's hands. His dad had good hands. Banks, I don't think has good hands. I've seen the ball clanging off his hands. He's not catching anything. So. He's like no. He, he's like yep. he
3: would be like,
2: <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a bad thing. But True. that's going to do
1: it for episode number
2: 60, 61. Shane, Roy, can you talk about where uh, listeners, viewers
3: can check out your work, any social media handles where they can follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam and you can see some of my other draft work over at draftcountdown.com.
0: Yeah. You can catch me on Twitter at preacher boy, Roy. Uh, I'm a lay pastor on the side. So that's why it's at preacher boy, Roy. And I also have my own website like Shane. Uh, it's at, it's www.prospectencyclopedia.com. It's uh big country scouting. That's that's my website. And of course, as well, 24-7 there with Jim. Uh it's great been working for him the last few years and doing all these draft previews. Awesome. And you can check out Jim's work at the
2: Still City Insider. Give Jim a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at the stillstudy.com. Give me a follow at still study. We will have Shane and Roy back on before
1: the draft. Uh, Jim, anything before we wrap up? Well, let's hit the book on the clock. Pittsburgh Steelers, my draft book. It came out last November, but this is the time when people should buy it. And you want to go down rabbit holes a little more entertaining than the Karras rabbit hole, but that was the Proud Papa edition. Uh, so <laughs> number 61, Ted Karras from 1958. But also I tell you what, I didn't want to plug a book I just read. The Tunchi book in the locker really surprised me. I don't know if it's because uh, Tunch has passed uh, that I really, really, it was an emotional read for me, and it was so good. And maybe I didn't get it when it came out because Tunch was always on, and we were always hearing Tunch, and we knew what Tunch was thinking. Well, now I miss Tunch, and that book in the locker room is so good. So if you're not going to buy my book, get Tunch's book. I don't, I don't, I don't know that anybody's going to make any money off it. I don't know if it goes to Tunch's widow, but, but really good read, really good stuff. So that's my plug for the day. And thanks guys. I thought, I thought this was an excellent show, Jeremy. Nice job.
2: Awesome. Great work by everybody. We'll put the link for both books in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and we will see you back here next week. Episode number 62 of the still sitting insider podcast. Thank you so much everyone for your support.